0: Hello boys and girls. Hi guys, welcome, you, welcome why, to why, Episode. What are
1: you so excited about?
0: I'm excited because how did we get to episode 20? Oh my god. Yeah, so this is 20th episode and we wanted to do something different.
1: So today we have this guy on our podcast. Yes. And we're going to interview him. He's going to be our first interview guest.
0: Yes, our first guest and his name is Moses Mohan.
1: Moses Mohan. And
0: he has an amazing, amazing story and journey and experience to share with all of you.
1: Yes, and we would love to share his story with you guys.
0: Mm. And we want to bring on more guests in the future. So Moses is our first one and it wanted to do something special for our 20th episode. <laughs> yeah, and also because we did a photo shoot with him. Yes. And then after the photo shoot, we decided to sit him down and say, let's pick your brains and your heart and your soul for an hour. Yeah,
1: so thank you, Moses. We thank love you, you so, so much. much.
0: So guys, enjoy this episode. All right, we're recording.
1: Woo! I'm very happy today.
0: I'm so excited.
1: Because we have a guest.
0: We Oh my God, our house. first one in the house. Ever, you know. Yes.
1: And it's a... I don't know, can I say it's an old friend? Yeah. New yeah. old friend, old new friend. He's
0: not old, <laughs> la. he's very young, la. but we have known him for a while now.
1: Yes. Um. Welcome Moses. Welcome
0: Moses. Hello, hello. Ooh. Happy to be here.
1: Hey, Happy to have you. You know what? You have a really nice radio voice. Yeah. 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 Should I consider that as a next career move? What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he has a very nice shaven head. Yes. Yeah, a very nice face, a very nice smile.
1: Why do you, why do you have a shaven head? Can you tell us? It's a,
2: it's a reminder for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, well, I've been out of the
2: monastery for six months, which I think we'll get into. Mm. But, but whenever I shave my head, there's a little like mantra, I kind of say, which is uh, shaving my head completely. Uh, I take the great vow today to transform all afflictions. And to serve all beings. So that's, it's, it's like a reminder. So whenever wow. I see myself in the mirror, I'm like, okay, I've got a mission today.
0: I see. Yeah. So how often do you get to kind of shave your head and recite this mantra?
2: Depends lah. If it's busy, busy week, then if you see me, got beard, got hair, then you know it's been busy. Mm. But, but um, typically every week, two week and a half or so. Mm.
3: Yeah.
1: So Moses actually shaved his head uh, because of... Um, something that he did last year, right? Yes. Was it last year?
2: Yeah, it, yeah. it feels like a long time ago, but it was in 2018. Yes, and mm. this is this is
1: actually the reason why we have uh, asked Moses to come on our show. Yes, because uh, Moses actually went to be a monk for six months.
2: Yes, well, three months—not that long. Oh, sorry.
1: Three months is Three it? Months. Okay. Yeah, 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 And I haven't met anyone who has done something like that before.
3: Mm, I'm weird. And I'm I'll, super weird.
1: Yeah, and I'm very interested in the, the brain of someone who actually do something like that. Mm. You know, that's why we, we you are here to give us an insight into your brain, your very interesting brain.
2: I'll try. I'll try.
1: Underneath it's your nice shaven head <laughs> 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 We can talk about how we met actually.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah so yeah. I met Moses in two zero one seven.
2: Yeah.
1: right because I went for this mindfulness retreat. It's by Plum Village. Yes, and I think we we weren't in the same group. No, right? But the, at the end of it, uh, I think they gathered the youths. Yeah, like the young people.
2: The the, the so called youths lah. Actually, <laughs> we all very old <laughs> Yeah,
1: so they gathered like the young people like, in their twenties and thirties, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Those that are young and hot. Yes. And they called it wake up. I think. Yeah.
1: Yes. So they so the idea of it was to you know kind of um gather a group of people young people who can continue this um, tradition of uh, mindfulness in Singapore, mm. right? Kind of like, like spread it a bit more in Singapore.
2: And, and I think more than spreading is how do you actually support each other uh, in daily life because life here is not easy. Mm. I think that was the intention. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people go to mindfulness retreats because of this urban stress, mm. you know? And this is something that we we sorely need. Mm. I feel like there are not enough retreats to go around <laughs> uh, not enough people are going to this kind of thing yeah, to yeah. reset themselves and yeah. to find themselves
2: absolutely mm. I, I feel like uh, spirituality and, and in retreats attracts uh, the heartbroken the stress I was heartbroken at some point mm. actually that's I didn't tell you that earlier but that's one of the reasons I went for that retreat so I think when you when your heart's broken when you are in the pits that's when people start to look for answers either outside or inside mm. which brings mm. so many people to retreats mm.
1: It's like mm. when people go to church, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was young, I always thought that people who go to church are like perfect people. Oh, and then when mm. I grew up, I realized that it's the broken people. Mm. Absolutely. That's why they are there. Mm-hmm. That's why they're looking for something.
0: They're seeking comfort. Mm. Yeah? yeah. What
1: yeah. do mm. you find in the mindfulness retreat that we went to?
0: Yeah, I... Uh, Did it
1: help, e- help you? Because you were broken hearted, yes, right? Yes,
2: yes, yes. I, uh, I think I had just broke up with someone... Um, had I, had I broken up yet? No, sorry. That, that was mm. another retreat after that. But anyway, so, but that retreat where <laughs> I...
1: One of one of your long list of <laughs> conquers. <and laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Um, no, but that retreat was great. I think the beauty of... Um, so Plum Village is actually a Zen tradition. Um, most Zen traditions, the more traditional ones are, you know, you do sitting meditation for many hours. Um, you have interviews with Zen masters to try to solve koans, which are Zen riddles. But the Plum Village tradition is a very modern one. It's really mm. all about how do you apply uh, mindfulness in everyday life? How do you come home to yourselves in the storm and the craziness of CBD, you yeah. know, stressful jobs, stressful relationships. So I found it really, really super relevant for me.
1: Yeah. One of the things that we did in the retreat right, that really stuck to me was um, eating. Mm. Um, they teach you how to eat mindfully. Yes. <laughs> And that was the first time I ever... Okay, because I'm a meat lover. Okay, mm. and when we were at the retreat, right, um, we only ate vegetarian food. Yeah. And the food is very simple, simple food. But they teach you to eat mindfully mm. and therefore to enjoy your food. Mm. I remember we were taught to chew like 30 times. Yes. Every mouthful. Yes. Can you imagine yeah, how, wow. how you really taste the food? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, Moses... Thanks for coming on our show.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, so I want to ask, you all met at the retreat, right? Yeah. And then you all met, what? You all got together on the last day of the retreat. Yes. And then did you all talk, or were you all supposed to talk during the retreat? Was it like a quiet retreat? A silent retreat? Not
2: really. It it, it was a very packed retreat and we were put in like groups. Okay. So we didn't really have a chance to really talk until the end. I see. So I think we really only like spoke verbally like more than
0: a, a smile or a hello yeah. at the end of the retreat. So what, was the whole experience a very individual kind of uh, reflective journey mm. and not like go there and make friends kind?
3: Mm.
1: You were actually not encouraged to look at, uh, to, to, talk to, to talk to your fellow retreatants. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they actually had a timing. So right. like from a certain time to a certain time, you're not supposed to talk. Mm. mm. But of course you could talk um during like breaks and when you gathered to to have like sharing sessions and mm. all
3: that.
2: Mm. Yeah. But
1: other times you were supposed to have silent time.
0: So yeah. how how many
1: quiet days time. was this
0: retreat?
2: I think this was a four or five day retreat and just to build on what Rebecca's saying, yeah, I think there was like they call it noble silence. it mm. really is, you know, how often in a day in our urban life do we have time to just be quiet and observe what's going on in our minds? So this was like after I think after dinner, then until the next day after breakfast. Mm. Um, But otherwise, it was a very communal experience, a lot of um, actually sharing. So I think what I found very powerful as well was um, they called it like, I think, circle sharing where we would just sit in a circle and share from the heart, you know, what are you struggling with? Um, What are your joys? And I think, yeah, so often I know I want to be heard. I know Mm. a lot of people just want someone just to listen. We don't have to solve anything, so that was very powerful. I think the Mm. retreat as well. Mm. Mm. So was that your first retreat? Yes, I I would say that was
0: my first ever retreat. Mm. Yeah, and then Rebecca, was that your first also? Yeah,
1: totally. Oh, okay. And then and then after that, when
0: y'all both came back, then y'all met up separately.
1: Okay, so after the retreat, right? So this group of young people, we actually set up like a group chat. Yes. I, I felt like I was in an orientation group or something. <laughs> <like that. laughs> and then we actually uh, arranged to meet up because we wanted to do something. Mm-hmm. Like to create like a community of young people mm. and to maybe organize some stuff, mm-hmm. you know, to to introduce mindfulness to more people. Mm. So I think we met like once or twice. Yes,
3: mm-hmm.
1: And then... Um, I don't know how it happened, but we did some portraits for you.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> so, so, I think what happened was the group met once or twice, and I and I think life and its demands uh, took swept me away, and I just didn't didn't show up for stuff. And I think the one time I showed up was also the one time I think uh, was
1: it also the one time that I showed yeah, up. Yeah. I think You're so. Fated <laughs> la. You're fated, la. fated <laughs> to meet all the time. Yeah. And then
2: and then some. Somehow or rather you say, you know, I'm doing this thing with this project. Um uh, trying to bring more shine more light on the people shining light to the wall. Something like Yeah. Something like that. And then, and then you like Lito. Yeah,
0: Lito. Yeah. Which is
2: which is the,
0: the name of the podcast. Uh, and, and I'm yeah, sounds good. Why not? Let's do it. Actually Moses, uh, he is he has the honor of being the first, you know. He was our first client for Lito. We did a yeah. portraiture shot for him. Mm-hmm. And then he's the first guest. On yes. our podcast, I, I think I'm we have some. Such a version of Lito.
1: We have some karmic connection, maybe. <laughs> yes. Or I think something. so. I think I yes. so. I
0: think so. Yeah.
1: So the last time we saw Moses actually was two years ago, mm. and that was before you went and become a monk.
2: Mm. Was, I think yeah. if you see the shots now on Lito, this mm. is a plug, um, but also <laughs> show we,
1: notes. We'll link. <laughs> we'll link that in the show notes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to pay us compliments? Is it? <laughs> come, 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 come. Give it to us. Beautiful shots. Seriously, Thank but you. but I, I had hair. Mm-hmm. I don't know so mm-hmm. that's uh, just visually a
2: very big difference
0: I think <laughs> that's why we're, we are doing a second photo shoot for you right? we, just exactly. we, just did, we just did one today before the podcast recording so
1: we have seen the physical change mm. after you became a monk mm. for three months now yeah. we want to talk about the inner change Yeah.
0: Inner yes. transformation. the inner world journey yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and I think a lot of people are interested also
0: I have a lot of questions for you you know sure yeah, yeah we have to yeah so the thing is this monkhood thing right I really don't know anything about it Yeah. so I'm going to ask you maybe some stupid questions Hola. Yeah. so no, I'm just going to ask Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so the whole experience took three months, right? Yes. Okay, before we go into what happens there, mm. can you share with us why did you even thought of doing something like this?
2: Mm. You know, with, with with questions on like, you know, where where did it start? Mm. Uh <laughs> A very zen thing to say was uh, or, or a very zen thing to say would be you know what was your face before you were born, but that's probably a bit too much for this podcast right now. But Isn't my point like is a zen
1: coin It is, it is, like it is. Wow. So, so
2: you know, um, but I guess my point is there's so many, 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 many conditions that led me to make the decision to actually quit my job um, working as a management consultant to become a monk.
1: Were you unhappy at your job? No,
2: I was very happy. It was a wonderful Mm. firm I was working for, Awakened Group, very human, meaningful work, trying to humanize. Well, I was very, very happy. Mm. But I think if if I were to try to pinpoint to probably a catalyst or a series of events, a couple of years ago, I I stumbled upon um, coaching. Um, And coaching really is a journey of becoming more yourself. Uh, Mm. I would describe it as that. So I decided that I enjoyed the experience of coaching was beneficial, wanted to become a coach as well. Mm. So went through, started a journey to become certified, uh, to be a coach. But when you take such a journey, what's really happening is that, you know, there's a scene in the matrix, <laughs> the red pill, or the blue pill, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. basically I took the red pill of waking up mm. and, uh, I kind of uncovered the raw form of what I thought my life purpose was, mm. And it was really to um, help myself and others to unleash their potential and be happy. Mm. So I was thinking to myself, you know, we only have this lifetime, 80,000 80, hours in our career if we do the math approximately. And I had spent some time as a consultant, which was great. I would spent some time as a coach by then, which was great as well. And then I went for my second retreat after I met Becca uh, in in uh, Thailand, where I actually booked a consultation with a monk. I had some questions, you know, yeah. asking him about love, about life. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is, a, this is a very weird format. He's kind of a part coach, part counselor, and he leads a very specific life where he's trying to find peace in himself. Yeah. And a question just popped into my mind. What if, what if that was a way I could be of the most service uh, to the world? So, and I just couldn't say no. I just mm. I just had to check it out, mm. uh, but that's probably the deepest reason. Um, how do I live my aspiration to the full, given who I am, where I've been? How can I really be of service? But I think as well, secondarily as well, I wanted to just know myself more. Mm. Um, you know, I, all of us do that in in some ways. Every day, we you know take assessments. We talk to friends maybe we go for a retreat, but I wanted to go really deep. Mm. So that's um, why.
1: So you mentioned that you spent three months, right? Is that like the minimum amount of time? If like, let's say you want to go to Plum Village to be a novice.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
1: Can you go for like, a, uh, I don't know, like a month?
2: Um, different traditions were have different kind of uh, internships. I, 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 ah, I like to call it that. Yeah. Mm. But in Plum Village, it was a three-month internship. That's it, the minimal, huh? The minimum. And mm. like an internship, there was an application, <laughs> there was an interview oh, and uh, there, were, there were requirements right, as well. Right. Can you
1: tell us about those Yeah, 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 like absolutely,
2: why? absolutely. So I had to write an, an aspiration letter, you know, my mm. my big why and I've kind of shared this with you but in, in, in a nutshell to explore how I can be of service, understand myself more deeply and share what I learned with friends back in Singapore and around the world as well. I needed to write a let, uh, uh, kind of letter about my family background. Mm. I had to get a medical checkup Mm. Um, I had to declare if I was single or married because mm. that was uh, important, and I I also needed the support of the community uh, in Singapore as well. So I actually had to reach out to a few people to be like, you know, can you oh. write almost like a testimonial, like a referral, mm. and then mm. and then I submitted everything essentially. Oh, okay. yeah. mm-hmm. Well,
1: that's but quite a rigorous. It is,
2: process. but the most important thing is really the aspiration. All those other stuff is is uh, quite secondary. Mm. How big
0: is the intake? Mm.
2: So they typically take in, um, about five men and five women. Um, but somehow rather, and I, and and I dare say this is quite common across most spiritual traditions. You will often find that the ratio of women to men is three is to one. So men are often outnumbered.
3: Mm. Why?
2: That's a whole separate conversation. Mm. But so anyway, five men, five women eventually became, um, 17 people. of which 12 were women and (laughs) five were men.
0: Mm, I see.
1: Can you tell us about um, one day in your life as a monk?
0: Mm. Yes.
1: What do you do?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I keep going back to aspirations. I think that's really important. So Mm. the highest aspiration of a monk uh, is really to transform his suffering Uh, into uh, a genuine sense of well-being and happiness and help others to do the same. So as a novice monk, uh, my job really was to to do exactly that, transform my own suffering to generate more peace and joy. Uh, Concretely, um, it involved a kind of a 4 a.m. rise, <laughs> a bit of sitting and walking. Dan, sounds
1: I tell sounds you.
0: ridiculous, but actually very...
1: <laughs> this is something that Daniel can't do.
0: <laughs> hey, what do you mean? 4
1: a.m. I'm already awake, okay?
0: <laughs> I'm still awake at 4 a.m. Yeah, okay? yeah,
1: but 7 a.m. you need to sleep. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I rise for three hours then I need to sleep. <laughs> but the idea is we start, start our
2: day coming home to ourselves mm. through um, a bit of sitting meditation, a bit of walking, not too long. Mm. And then, you know, we have mindful breakfast. And then in the morning, we, it's like any other real life outside here. We, mm-hmm. we have classes uh, on some of the teaching, some of the practices. We have lunch. Then we have uh, what is called total relaxation, which is really a sexy way of branding a nap, mm-hmm. which is so
0: rare outside here. And I, I really enjoyed that. How long is yeah. this um, sexy nap? It's like an hour? <laughs> an hour. An hour. <laughs> an hour <and laughs> you know, it reminds me what? of those kindergarten, you know, yeah, we yeah, actually yeah, have yeah, yeah, yeah. very intentional nap I know. periods. It it's, it's
2: so needed. I mean, yes. now we see sleep pods popping up in, <laughs> yeah. in gyms. But anyway, oh my goodness. So, and then after that, we would do service, service meditation, which is really working. So I did everything from gardening, mm. taking out the trash, recycling.
1: Could you choose what to do?
2: You're allocated. And I, uh, So part of the practice here is flowing as a river which means you kind of let go of your ego and you flow with the community so that's mm. a big part of that mm. and after your, your service meditation you get one hour of exercise time so right. I would run about four and a half kilometers daily in nature Whoa. which is beautiful and then um, then after dinner and then usually some sort of evening short evening activity maybe a sit maybe something else and then personal time and then sleep
1: are you allowed to write in a diary or anything like that
2: absolutely so the Plum Village tradition is probably um one of the more um, innovative ones out there they try to really bring mindfulness and apply it to daily life so really life in the monastery is not so different to life outside here it's
1: mm. not that different
2: so i did have a diary i ho- i also had a thing called a kung fu booklet which um Basically, they would list out all the activities of the day. You know, sitting, meditation, walking, eating, working, exercise, and I would kind of assess myself: how present was I to the activity on a scale mm. of one to ten? Mm. And then at the end of uh, every week, I would share this back with my mentor. So we all we, we also have. Well, so everyone did it. Yeah. So everyone has to like review. a review. Yeah, a review. So mm. in a way, it's 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 like your skill assessment la, but you know kung fu kung fu book, booklet makes it much more fun
0: so did you did you improve on your kung fu towards the end or was it still a challenge as you went along you know um, the
2: inner life and the outer life is a journey of lifetimes mm. so it, lifetimes it, so you have good
0: days and you have bad days you got ah? good days you, mm. you've got
2: bad days but I think the point is mm. to really to be with everything mm. if you're having a good day um, acknowledge that it's good and be with it if you're having a bad day it's bad and be with that as well And nothing there's nothing mm. Inherently good or bad, it just is.
0: It just is, yeah. yeah and when
2: I you embrace that. that, life is just much more lighter. Yeah. You don't, ha- you don't feel
0: that heavy. No resistance. So
1: you don't struggle and There's acceptance and embracing, yeah?
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I have a stupid question now. No, no, go ahead. Do you have to wear the monk robe? <laughs> and when you exercise, do you run in that monk robe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your you know, question. It's, it's, a,
0: it's a great question. So,
2: before the clothes, I think one of the immediate effects of shaving my head mm. was that suddenly I could experience air like, right.
0: for
1: the first
2: time. Yeah. So my head would feel cold and really mm. hot. Um, but anyway, so that, that was really happening up there mm-hmm. uh, above my neck. Mm. Clothes, I had to wear three layers. What? Three layers in the hot Thai sun. So that was the full rope, right? So they are, they are kind of, the first layer is, of course, you know, you're, your boxers, your, your, your inner t-shirt. Mm-hmm. The second layer is what we call the inner robes.
0: Inner robes. And
2: then the third layer is the outer robes. Mm. So we only, we almost always wear our outer robes, but we are allowed to wear our inner robes when we do service meditation mm. and exercise. So
0: you ran in the inner ropes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. oh, yeah.
0: Oh, my so God. Cool. Wow. And then laundry, how do you do laundry? Is it by the river kind or like go washing machine or by uh, hand? By hand. Logistics by hand. question. And I actually
2: really, really enjoyed it. I mean, by hand. These days, we just pop it into the washing machine and then we, it spins, we take it yeah. out, we, we put it up. Mm. I think the result of that is that we just keep mm. buying stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't know how sure. much stuff we have. Mm. But it was a really simple life. All I had were um, two sets of ropes, two T-shirts, mm. two everything really, two sets, and I would just wash it every night. So very, very, very minimalist.
0: When you went there, right, what did
2: you pack in in your bag? Oh, um, <laughs> not that much. Mm. We were told not to bring much, actually. Really? Just, just, just bring mm. you know, toiletries, a few T-shirts. No phones?
1: Do you bring your phone?
2: Um, we brought our phones, and we were invited to not engage with them for the three-month duration.
0: So, is there any internet at all? no if you need <laughs> so,
2: so actually when you're a novice mm. even beyond this three months usually typically it's about a year to a year and a half mm. the idea is that you want to be unlearning a lot of the kind of not bad habits but habits that didn't serve you mm-hmm. um, so you're kind of taking baby steps training wheels mm. so removing elements like the phone restricting access to that gives, gives us a conducive environment where we can unlearn some of these habits mm. I don't know about you but I've put on a tracker on my phone to see how many times I unlock it in a day mm. It was about 180. Mm. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, ridiculous.
2: So, so um, no, we didn't have phones. And the point was really to be with uh, yourself.
1: So when you came back from the retreat, do you unlock <laughs> your phone? Immediately? You or was you it go like... back to unlocking it as much?
2: So actually, there is a... Again, <laughs> part of the Plum tradition is, uh, you know, I shared a mantra for shaving my head. We call it gatas, which translates to mindful poetry verses. Mm. So um, there's actually a gatha for using the computer, which mm. I, I have I have uh, adapted to my phone.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I try whenever I remember
0: mm-hmm.
2: to recite this in my head or out loud before I unlock my
0: phone. Can you share with us what that yes, is? Yes, yes.
2: Let <laughs> me see if I can if I can bring it to mind accurately right now. Mm. Um, unlocking my phone, my mind gets in touch with the store. I vow to transform habit energies to help love and understanding grow. So the idea of the store to demystify this is that if you think of ourselves, we we are like a field with many, many seeds, yeah? And some seeds are seeds that are good, love, compassion, joy, focus, etc. Some seeds are not so good, desire, addiction, etc. Mm. So whenever we engage with anything, talking to someone, looking at the phone, you're watering a particular seed mm. in that storehouse and you're allowing it to grow. So- I could unlock my phone, go on Facebook, go on YouTube. And what seed would I be watering then? Mm-hmm. Maybe a seed of uh, mindlessness. Mm. Yeah. But what it's I want to do is use to, to use my phone very intentionally yep. to perhaps communicate with someone. And if I'm going to be lazy and watch YouTube, just be intentional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. okay. But, but that, 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 that kind of uh, mantra or Gata, the real effect is that it gives me a second of pause Mm-hmm. to think about what am i really doing right now mm-hmm. so forget the words it just gives me oh. space <laughs> to pause mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah Okay, so you know all this um, being um, untethered and unplugging from all these, yep. um, you know, electronic devices and stuff, right? And then being having this space and a very different environment for you to unlearn a lot of the bad habits. Um, can you honestly um, share with us um, if those new good habits that you have learned and picked up while you were away has it been easy to maintain them when you are back here?
3: Mm.
2: Mm.
0: It's been difficult. Mm.
2: There is a there's a Zen saying when the tiger leaves the mountain and goes to the village, it dies. Mm. Very dramatic.
3: Mm. And
2: the idea here is when a monk or a nun leaves his or her community, the mountain, and goes into the quote unquote real world, mm. he can't survive. But the real underlying message is we need community.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: If you want to you know it's all African problem. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm. So what kept me sane and what gave me the, uh, kind of energy and conditions to try to integrate what I learned in the three months back into the real world was two things. One was community. Right. And the second was plain old discipline. (laughs) Mm. Can't run away from that. Mm. Yeah. But I share with you a quick story. Um, so in the three months, uh, we were pretty much in the monastery all the time. But there was an opportunity for us to actually facilitate a day of mindfulness. Think of this as a mini retreat mm-hmm. in Bangkok, which is about three hours away from the monastery, which is in a national park area. So I had been there for about two months. First time going back to the, to the you civilization. Know, civilization, urban environment. So the, the day of mindfulness went really, really well. In fact, so well that we ran over. And it was around 5.30 p.m. We were still at the center. And um, we were going to miss dinner back in the monastery. So um, the kind of senior monk was like, oh, don't worry. Uh, we'll stop by 7-Eleven on the way back. <laughs> okay. So um, this is the first time uh, in about two and a half months I was walking into a place that sold something, that actively marketed products. So I remember getting off the van, walking into Seven Eleven. And the first thing that caught my eye was the big ice cream sign. Mm. I had never seen the ice cream sign, white fluorescent neon lights, so vivid in my life.
3: Mm. And in my
2: mind, I'm like, oh, chocolate ice cream, chocolate cake sounds really, really, really good right now. And you have a sweet tooth, right? And I have such a sweet tooth. I'm, <laughs> I'm half Indian and I think it comes from that. But anyway, <laughs> um, and, I, and I, share this so, so, I share this story because this is my first touch point with the real world. Mm. And all these kind of... Uh, old old temptations and (laughs) and cravings came up.
1: Okay, what would you say right, to someone who says um, it's easy to practice mindfulness in a monastery or in a temple away from the world, right? But the real practice is in the real world.
2: Mm. Absolutely, it's a great question. And uh, last year I had a chance to uh, host um, Mathieu Ricard. He is a French-Tibetan monk, mm, also known the as happiest the man. happiest man <laughs> in the world because they ran some brain scans on him. He hates the name. But anyway, yeah. someone asked him a question in the Q&A. So, so Mathieu, you, uh, you travel the world, you give book tours, talks, blah, blah, blah. How do you do it? How do you maintain your energy of mindfulness given your busy schedule? And his response was, I live on borrowed time. Every year, I need to spend a certain amount of time in my hermitage in the mountains to recharge
3: Mm. so that
2: i have enough energy enough peace in myself to share Mm. with others Mm. and i think that is not just relevant to a french tibetan monk living in an touch, but to us in the urban environment yeah where do we go to for pause how often do we really really take a break and if we're taking a break are we on our phones
3: Mm -hmm. are we
2: actually really giving ourselves a space and time so I think that yes, it's true that the field of practice is the urban environment, but we need to create spaces, um, rituals, be part of communities that give us the space and time to find that peace um, and happiness inside. And maybe a final quote from a different monk to wrap this up is, whatever we don't transform, we transmit. So if you're a very, very angry person, if you don't, if you don't transform mm. that, you're just going to keep transmitting that outside. Mm. Right. Let, let's take a simple example. We're all very stressed out, kind of, you know, boxed up because the reality is in, in many urban environments like Singapore, it's a very stressful environment. Yep. So if you don't transform that stress and you just keep at it nonstop, 24-7, hustle, eat, sleep, hustle, repeat, right? That's mm. the mantra these days. What's going to happen is that you're going to keep transmitting that stress to others as well. So I think... Having a space is so important.
1: Do you have a plan to help us, to save us <laughs> from ourselves?
2: <laughs> you know, I can't save you, only you can save yourself. Mm. Yeah, and the role of a, any teacher, spiritual, contemplative, or even... In fact, um, the definition of Lama, Lama is a Tibetan term for teacher, is someone who points you to um, what's true about yourself. Mm. So if you stop and you notice someone selling tissue paper, uh, someone asking for money, and you pause and you take the time to maybe even speak to the person, maybe buy something, in that moment you're connecting with that part of yourself that is compassionate mm-hmm. and loving. Mm-hmm. Your teacher in that moment is that beggar on the street. So mm. no, I one, no one can save us but ourselves. But mm. um, anyway, to answer your, 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 your question more <laughs> directly, yeah, I, I think my mission continues to be to help myself and others to really wake up to that uh, innate goodness, that potential and find a genuine sense of happiness. And mm. I'm still experimenting with how I can be of service. Yeah. Mm. But right now, I think um, how I'm trying to do that, probably a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is, you know, coaching. Um, for me, coaching is a vehicle for to help others really work with um, that innate goodness, to see that, mm. and also to work with that inner darkness as well. Mm. And you need to be able to kind of um, activate... Familiarize yourself with the part of you that is good, compassionate, and wise, while also embracing the part of you that is dark as well. So that's part of the work. Mm -hmm. Second part of the work that I'm doing as well is corporate mindfulness. The princess of our times is not royalty. Mm. It's not governments. The CEOs of corporations, they have so much influence and leverage over our lives. And my aspiration is a simple one. Just imagine a big MNC, Mm -hmm. 500,000 employees across the world. If across the board, senior leadership, middle management, junior management, frontline staff, if they started their meetings just with one minute of a pause to center, to be present, I think that impact is huge. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the work, trying to bring mind training, trying to bring mindfulness to humanize organizations because people are happier and therefore perform for greater results. Mm-hmm. And probably the last thing, um, so I think that there is, not, not, not I think, there is a Plum Village community in Singapore as well. And um, somehow, through a series of very fortunate events, uh, we now have the opportunity to open an urban mindfulness practice centre yeah. in the heart of the city in Singapore.
1: That's really good news, man. Really. Yeah? You know, like, I mean, the community in Singapore for Plum Village isn't that big, actually. Mm-hmm. Right, so to have the opportunity to like actually have a space like that, um I think in the states they have a lot of this kind of thing, yes, like secular spaces where you can learn meditation absolutely. and mindfulness, absolutely, but in Singapore we ha- have maybe, but it's all very religious. Yeah. Like no. maybe like a Buddhist temple or something. like
0: Yeah, that. like those Dharma talks. Yeah.
1: Dharma talks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally.
2: It's either two spiritual mm-hmm. temples, churches, mm. or two commercial. You have like big gyms now offering mindfulness classes. Mm. Yeah,
1: meditation in 30 minutes. Correct, correct, having.
2: correct. Mm. And, you know, I don't know about you, but last time, whenever I needed to, uh, you know, take a break, I would go take a vacation, book a vacation at Bali, blah, blah, mm. blah. Nothing wrong. That's mm-hmm. great. But, We don't always have that luxury. Mm. You know, what if we could have a space in the heart of Singapore where we can just come home to ourselves to recharge, to pause. And that's really the aspiration. Mm. So these are the three things that I'm still uh, experimenting with. It's a, it's a giant adventure.
1: Mm. Can I ask, right? So how has your experience, your spiritual, um, I don't know, all the things that you learned, right, as a monk and everything, how has it changed your idea of success?
0: Mm. Oh, I love the question It's a great
2: question You know, I don't even like the (laughs) words
0: Hey guys Hey guys We have a favor to ask
1: Yes, we Uh, want to ask you guys whether you can help us spread the word
0: Ah, Mm. so if you have enjoyed our podcast so far Mm -hmm. Please, please help us to share our podcast with your friends, can or not?
1: Yes, go on Instagram, go on Facebook Tell people that you're listening to this wonderful podcast That Mm. is very famous in Bukit Panjang and Sengkang
0: Mm. We're now streaming on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox and Drumroll We're also on iTunes now, (laughs) woohoo! It will mean the world to us if you can leave us an honest rating and review on iTunes as this will help greatly increase our visibility and ultimately allow us to reach more people and touch more lives.
1: Please help us achieve that. Mm,
0: thank you very much. Huh? Okay,
1: now back to regular programming.
0: You know, I don't even
2: like the word success. Mm. Yeah. Um, actually, I was very heartened. Uh, last week, I went to see Captain Marvel um, <laughs> in, in the cinemas and I noticed that the advertisements were very different. And this was the first, first movie I'd seen in a big screen, probably over a year, spiritual practices from the East to the West. Mm. Uh, he writes in a particular book, you know, at the end of life when we are on our deathbed, perhaps surrounded by people we love and friends, or perhaps even, you know, life is weird. We could be in a car Freak accident. We don't know. Mm. But the one question, the one question is did I love well. Mm. That's it. That is it.
0: Ah, <sighs> oh, I got to take it, Amen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so of course, that doesn't mean that you you take things so heavy. You know, I think I think all this might feel very heavy. But but the point also is really to be light, mm.
3: to to hold
2: mm. things lightly. If you look at all the wise people in the world, the Dalai Lama, mm. Desmond Tutu. There's people.
1: Mm. They have an amazing laugh. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so, so while all this might seem heavy, I think the the the, the other part of it is just just right, enjoy. Right, right.
1: I you think know, the sense of humor is quite important. Yes, in, and also I the think these
0: concepts have to be freeing. Ultimately, you know, Absolutely. yeah, they sh- shouldn't feel like shackles. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
3: The
2: two words that I heard the most um, in my three months as a monk, believe it or not, uh-huh. were just enjoy. The two words, just and enjoy, were the words that I heard. Over and again. It could be as simple as someone's asking me, hey, brother, what are you doing? I'd be like, oh, I'm walking to the meditation hall. Mm. Just enjoy. What are you doing? (laughs) I'm walking to the toilet. Just enjoy. Mm. (laughs) I'm drinking tea. Just enjoy. I heard those words over and again. Because that's part of it, that lightness. So while all this might feel really heavy, you know, that I love well, blah, blah, blah.
1: Enlightenment. Yeah.
2: Um, in fact, joy is one of the seven factors of enlightenment in the Buddhist tradition. You got to have that.
1: Can I just share a
0: little something that you reminded me with the just with your just enjoy thing? So last time I used to stay at River Place, right? Mm. Near Robertson key area. So I would hang out at Daimaru, Court, And there was this poker cafe. And there was this waiter mm. I still remember him very, very fondly until today. Mm. And that's because every time he serves me my coffee, he puts it on my table and he will full-heartedly tell me, enjoy. Mm. (laughs) And I... I tell you every time I feel and it. the energy
1: transmission. Yes, to you, right? the, this, the transmitting goodness. right. Yeah, wow. he transmits that
0: and joy. Like like, and he f- there's so much pride that he brings mm. that cup of coffee to me, and I'm a huge coffee lover. So mm. I really could feel yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna enjoy this cup of coffee, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but it just reminded me yeah. of that, like mm. the simple pleasures and the things that you know we can just gulp it down without really mm. processing it. Yeah. But if we really take it all in, there's so much joy in that one cup. Yes. Absolutely.
1: This Hmm. reminds me of the retreat also. Again, back to the retreat, right? Because in the retreat, you have to do everything mindfully. They teach you that.
0: The chewing, right? The eating. So eating, you eat mindfully,
1: you walk, and you walk really slowly. I remember that was what we did, right? For like 30 minutes. Hmm. And even when you do chores, you are supposed to do it mindfully. Hmm. And when you do it mindfully, it's supposed to bring you joy. Okay, so I'm someone who hates to do... lot Dishes. Mm. So I remember during the retreat, our group was actually assigned to do dishes. <laughs> and that was the first time in my life, I swear, right? Dishes, washing dishes actually became joyful. Mm. Because there was nothing else we were doing except washing dishes. Absolutely. And we were taught to just think about cleaning this bowl as well as you can.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and
1: that mindset changed alone, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't know why it works, but it works.
2: And happiness is available here and now. I mean, yes. If, if you yep. really enjoy the cup of coffee. Yes. You yeah, don't right. need anything
0: else. Yeah. Don't drink your thoughts or worries. Just drink the coffee. Mm. Yes. Fully. yes. And you're solid. This, this mindset shift, right, unlocks so much joy yes. that is already present all the time, but we mm. didn't see it right it are, is available to us Yeah, but we or didn't three access of us it are <laughs>
1: right I'm I gonna take you, a sip
0: of coffee now I wish I'm you guys can see
1: how we look now. <laughs> <laughs> like so passionate no We're really i totally really. geeking out on this no because I really believe that um, there are a lot of people who are unhappy and they will think that there are a lot of things in their life that needs to be solved before they can be happy
0: yeah. mm. but
1: you can achieve happiness right this instant
0: mm. it is available to all of us
1: right yeah. this instance yeah. and how by just accepting Everything.
0: Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. <gasps> I
1: like <love> this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. There
2: was a, I, I, I can't resist sharing more um, gatas. Please, please yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's, uh, there's another one about, uh, you, can, you can use this for washing the dishes or the, or the laundry and you can also adapt it. Anyway, it mm. goes like this. Washing the dishes is like washing the baby Buddha. Mm. The profane is the sacred. Everyday mind is Buddha mind. So if, the, if baby Buddha doesn't resonate with you, you can say, you know, washing my own child or like, you know, washing my favorite something. Right. And everyday mind is a, is a mind of joy. But the whole point is, you know, the mundane things or the things that we call so-called mundane, if you're really present to them, they become something beautiful. Mm. So beautiful.
1: There's this concept called the beginner's mind. Absolutely. In Zen, right? Where you treat yourself as a beginner every day
0: yeah. mm. so you don't
1: get um, tired it's like of,
0: doing everything for like the first time oh mm. yeah and you
1: see it with like wonder. new eyes every time with mm. wonder with joy and everything mm. Yeah, and it's possible to do it every day every moment mm. Mm. so I mean that's why it's called a practice I think yeah. Um, when we talk about this spiritual practice right, I think we always like to think of enlightenment like instantly oh. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah, wow, yeah, suddenly yeah, yeah. a beam of light comes a and halo <laughs>
0: got some yeah. effect uh. Moses cannot hear because
3: <laughs>
2: it he doesn't have saying, the halo. I, said, Li I Li kind of wrote it the, 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 the like magical sprinkles right <laughs> yes yes yes.
0: the sound effect I uh, yeah, was just yeah, playing yeah. that just now <laughs> <laughs> yeah attained enlightenment really
1: but isn't it actually a kind of endless daily uh, practice.
3: Yes. And there's
1: no point at which you will be like, oh, I'm enlightened already. Mm-hmm. Yes. Life, yes. there's still difficult things. Things are still difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's your ongoing practice. Yes. That brings you joy, right? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. There's no path to peace. Peace is the path, you know. So you oh. need to take every step Wait wait wait! Which repeat, please, peace? please repeat.
3: <laughs> well,
2: no- I, I I'll say another way. Maybe there is no way to peace. Peace
0: is the way. Yes. Yeah. And oh my goodness, what do you want to press? <laughs> clap, clap! I don't know which one is a clap applause. I don't know which one. Ah, okay, this one's <laughs> okay. <laughs> which
2: which is which is to your point. You know, enlightenment is not some lofty goal. It's 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 the everyday. It is the everyday. It's the everyday.
3: Mm.
1: Mm. Wow. Well, you know, I was in Hawaii recently. Mm. And we actually went down to the crater of a mountain. Mm. Mm. And okay, the thing is, right, um, the mountain, the the volcano has Mm. a crater and you, you can hike in it. The moment you walk into the crater, you're in the crater. So the funny thing about this volcano is that a lot of people hike for like two hours, right? And they will still ask people that they meet along the way, like, hey, guys, do you know when we will reach the crater, like when we will get to the end of it. And
0: <laughs> oh, and they're already there.
1: Yes, and actually, the answer is you're already in the crater. You mm. have already. Wow. We've always been in the crater since the beginning. Oh, like I love that. The first step that you took.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: Because the crater is the whole, the whole interior of the, the, the volcano. Crater. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You yeah. didn't see it. Mm. Yeah.
1: We're already happy. We just don't see it. The yeah. default is happiness. Yes, yeah. that's our default. But step. an unhappy person will not be convinced. Yes. When you tell them that. Like,
2: <sighs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and maybe one thing I want to add as well. Um, I think the fact that you're listening to this podcast probably means that you're really more privileged and have access to more means to be happy already. Mm. And, you know, I feel like the big theme with a lot of these Avengers, blah, 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 is that with great power comes great responsibility. And um, I'm bringing this up because I had a chance to visit a Rohingya refugee camp. In um, in Bangladesh, uh, after three months in the monastery, one million refugees, sixty five percent are kids, living in a box with very little conditions um, of modern living. They didn't have basic shelter, sanitation, food, etc. But they couldn't. They're probably going to be there for seventeen years. So I think the first part is recognizing that we have the conditions to be happy already, mm. and you know, cultivating a lifestyle that allows us to be happier, that allows us to have a sense of purpose and meaning. And at the same time, I feel that we have a responsibility as well to do what we can for those who have uh, lesser conditions of happiness or lesser conditions of flourishing that we have right now. So so I think part of it is, uh, in fact, in, a, in Buddhism, there is a particular type of nirvana called um, complacent nirvana, where you're <laughs> sitting in your cave you're just happy and peaceful, and you're like, I'm done. It's complacent because ultimately, the whole point of whatever term you want to call it—inner peace, enlightenment, nirvana—is so that you can be of service to the world. So I just want to kind of bring that up as well. So we can't—we shouldn't be narcissistic about this at the same time. Mm. Mm, okay. So,
1: so enlightenment is not an end in itself.
0: Absolutely not. Mm. And, so, and that's so not so the you point. So you have
1: to be—you—you enli- you are like enli- you strive for enlightenment so you can help other people.
0: Yes. Mm. Yes. That's, I guess, you know, this is what they say, like, what love is, right? Love is not just one decision. Love is like you decide every day to love again and again and again. Love is in many, many decisions. So enlightenment is also that. I think it is in every decision that you make, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I love that concept that it's not the end game or the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, right, so what was your biggest realization? Were there any fresh learnings from this um, journey?
2: Yeah, that's a a really, really good question. So I think probably the biggest thing for me in Buddhism, we call it um, bodhicitta, which translates to uh, the mind of love or the mind of enlightenment. And what it represents in plain speak is that deep aspiration to be of service to everyone, to all beings. What the three months really did for me, I think fundamentally is it rooted that deep aspiration to be of service Mm. Uh, and, and so much so that it's now in the bones. Uh, I, I I wake up and I and this doesn't sound ridiculous, but but I feel it in the bones. And you know, once you wake up, you can't go back to sleep. <laughs> you just can't. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. So that aspiration is so clear for me right now, and that's probably the biggest fundamental shift inside. Um, but I think probably the second thing is, yeah, I I I think every day in the monastery we practice becoming more aware of ourselves, coming home to ourselves. So um, I started becoming aware of the inner voices and narratives and dialogues in my head. I remember Endless one...
1: Chatter. Endless
2: chatter. chatter. I remember a very specific incident. I was queuing up for food and we kind of served it buffet style. And the monk in front of me was being very mindful, <laughs> just scooping the food so mindfully. And I remember... The voice came coming up at me, dude. Can you just hurry up? I'm like super hungry, so so I, I started to become aware of all these little little voices mm. inside of my head, um, and in doing so, also able to try to embrace them. So I think, I think now that I'm out here, it's almost like there's a I don't want to call it spider sense, but you know Spider Man has like a spider sense, so yeah. when he feels danger, like he senses it. Mm-hmm. In in a similar vein, I think with that three months of practice, I'm more aware of my inner narratives and inner dialogues, uh, which means I, I can't run away. Mm. <laughs> you know, when something happens, I'm like, all right, dude, you know, <laughs> you, you know what's happening. You know, which, you know, which part of you is coming from. So that's kind of like, imagine getting a new lens and putting on a new lens. and looking at that. world that new lens, uh, every day, which is not easy because you start to notice things more and more and more and more. And you have to be with more things. Mm-hmm. That's probably the second thing. And probably the final thing is, um, I just realized, you know, in the monastery that um, how the fact that I was able to quit my job and be a monk, which is a great privilege, uh, was due to so many, many different conditions. And one thing came up. So my parents are divorced because my mom and dad are like a night and day. My, my mom's really practical. She works really hard, you know, has a strong work ethic. My dad's very spiritual, very aspirational. And um, actually, when I was young, they both ran a business together. And uh, my dad was also very devoted to the church, actually. And he was on a spiritual quest of his own. But uh, my experience of his quest was that uh, I think I felt neglected, and my my mom did. And in a way, the business suffered too. So I had a lot of resentment, actually, uh, towards my dad. I felt like he was uh, on some quest and he forgot what was here and now in front of him. But in the monastery, I realized that In many ways, thanks to him, thanks to his orientation to uh, spirituality, and in fact, thanks to some of the more difficult experiences that I had, that I am where I am today. So in a nutshell, I'm much more able to embrace uh, what's difficult and what's stuck in myself and in my life as a result of the experience in the monastery as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you have like a formal meditation practice to support <laughs> your awareness?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, we all go to the gym, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and the idea is we have some focus training group. Like I know, I know Dan here has been hitting PRs and the squats, <laughs> the deadlifts, and probably his bicep curls and, <gasps> and bench press. Yeah, he has some uh, guns. He has some <laughs> guns now, <laughs> yeah. I can see them. Pang pang! <laughs> <laughs> And you know, of course, when we, some people, for example, they go for runs and then they try to take the stairs as well. Right. And sure, we can try to be mindful in every moment of our lives, but it's very helpful to have a gym for your mind. Mm. So, so I do have formal practice. Uh, It's about 25 minutes of uh, sitting meditation Mm. um, in the morning. Um, But I think my advice to anyone who is. Starting meditation or hoping to start is just start with something manageable, Mm. 10 minutes. Mm. And the whole point of meditation, and I think it's important to clarify here, is you're not trying to attain some special state of mind.
0: Yeah, or to have Mm. no thoughts. Yeah, absolutely
2: not. (laughs) All you're doing is actually allowing your mind and body to rest in its natural state. Mm. Sit in a comfortable position. It's helpful to have uh, an app, some guidance. And usually that's a object of uh, mindfulness. The breath is a very common one. Mm. And so you might spend 10 minutes just focusing on the sensation of breathing, not thinking about it. Mm. And inevitably thoughts will come up and that's okay. Mm. Mm. Uh, In fact, every time you become aware of a thought arising as a moment of mindfulness, in fact, you should say thank you.
0: Yes, that's the brain's job to think.
2: Exactly. (laughs) So so I think don't go into meditation trying to attain something. Mm. I, I think the big shift for me in the past I used to put it on my, to, on my to-do list <laughs> I need to check off meditation today you know mm. but then it became time for myself mm. time to just come back and relax and um, breathe mm. yeah. so that's my daily
0: practice mm. oh. formally
1: that's beautiful when I
0: first started meditating I was mm. totally not ambitious at all mm. I set my, myself one minute Mm-hmm. I started with one minute Beautiful Yeah and I saw this video And um, I, I can't remember what vi- who said that But the whole idea was that Even in one breath yep. That can be a meditation in itself oh, yeah. Just in one in and one out mm. breath oh, that, yeah. is, that is That can be a meditation mm. So I thought wow The bar is so low I, I can do better. I can do one minute, right? Yeah. <laughs> then I realized, oh dear, even within that one minute, my mind started wandering, mm. you know? Yeah, then of course, I, then I did three, five, ten. And the longest I've ever done was like 30 minutes. Mm.
1: For me also, I mean, meditation is something that I love and have been trying to do for years. But I didn't get it for a long time. Mm. For a long time, I thought, okay, I want to feel peace, you know, like... Yeah okay, okay, how do I feel peaceful now? I don't know. I'm yeah. just gonna try to banish all the thoughts from my head. Yeah, so it was only in the last year, I think, that I really started to understand. So I think it's okay if people start off for, for a while, for, even for years. Absolutely. And you have absolutely no idea you what you're understand
0: doing. understand is fine. That's so part of the process, fine. I think. Exactly. Because
1: you are learning along the way mm. and one day it will just click. Yes.
2: Confusion's part of the journey. Yes. For sure.
1: Yeah. And yeah. when it clicks, right, you will just get it. And... The thing is if you're if you're not ready and right, you can read as many books as you want, you can listen to as many meditation videos as you want, but you won't get it
3: mm. yeah
1: yeah, so I think it's something that our brains need to get used to also absolutely. this meditation thing absolutely mm-hmm. yeah, and it helps me daily also like for example, you know like let's say i I'm, I'm feeling really confused about something or i I feel really stressed about something I yeah. sometimes just take like a moment, like yeah. two minutes to sit in my car. And just breathe long oh, and meditate. And the confusion can instantly dispel. Yes. But without effort. Mm-hmm. That means I don't even need to consciously think, okay, I'm going to stop being confused. Just I'm going to be stop being it. stressed.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So attending to my breath, right? Mm-hmm. And naturally, your your brain kind of settles. Mm-hmm. So there's this really good analogy by Thich Nhat Hanh. Yep. So he says, think of your brain, right? As a cup of mm-hmm. orange juice, you know those orange juice with pulp in it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so our natural state, right, is when everything settles. Mm-hmm. But when we are really stressed and angry or there are a lot of emotions, it's like somebody takes a spoon and stirs the cup. Mm. So you see that like everything is cloudy. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in such a case, right? what do you do? Do you stir it more to, yeah. to clear the pulp? You don't. <laughs> Just put the cup on the table, yeah. sit for a while, And it will just settle. Mm. Everything will settle. Then after all the pop settles, right? What you're left with is clarity. Mm. You'll see like a cup, just like transparent.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. And all the pop settles. It's the same thing for our mind.
0: Mm. I think one of my biggest um, improvements that I feel in my daily life through the practice of meditation is that other than the meditate. In and of itself Was like Is it relaxing I've kind of Trained my brain To be very aware Of like You know Fleeting thoughts And what kind of Monkey brains we have And you become More and more aware So this um, Acumen becomes stronger Mm. So I am Less trigger happy now Like now Mm. I'm not easily triggered Like Mm. something can happen And I can It's almost like this In this Matrix movie You know It's like Mm. In that microsecond It feels like Three seconds And I have that Three seconds To decide how I want to react and Absolutely. I watch myself before I get triggered.
3: Absolutely.
0: So I think meditation has that effect and that's what I feel is the most practical benefit that I've um, been able to enjoy, mm. you know, and and um, use in my mm. everyday life.
1: Yeah. I think for someone who wants to experience this in real life, right, I uh-huh. think we can recommend them to go to Day of Mindfulness yeah. by Plum Village.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, share share with us yeah. how, how can us. people get started if they want to explore more.
2: Absolutely, So, so my advice would be um, just start with an app. Very simple. Mm. So a good app could be Headspace. Yay, I use Headspace Yeah, a yeah me too. Three years. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> I use Waking Up by Sam Harris. Oh, mm. that's a good one too. Yeah. There the are many apps out there. It's mm-hmm. 10% Happier is good.
2: Helpful to something. You know, yeah. every we have phones, let's transform our phones into devices that, you know, build good stuff for us. Mm. Um, that's a good start wherever you are. But I think what's very helpful is having a community to practice with. Mm. So there are many communities out there. Um, in Singapore, I practice with the Joyful Garden uh, Sangha. Sangha just means community, which is the, the local Plum Village uh, community in Singapore. It's a fun fact it's called Joyful Garden because we are a garden city <laughs> and not enough joy la. So <laughs> that's why we're trying to bring more joy. So mm-hmm. they, they do. Inspirational, inspirational. Yes. they do organize monthly. Um, what what we call days of mindfulness. Think of it as a mini retreat, typically mm. on a weekend, just kind of a half a day, and all you're doing in three words is breathing and smiling. That's it.
1: Wow.
0: Mm. Can do right. Mm.
1: When yeah. is the next one coming up?
2: Good question. I think it's on the fourteenth of April. So pretty soon. Oh yeah. it's, it's it's in about yeah, two, two weeks. Twoish. Two
0: ish yeah, weeks. Yeah. Two, three weeks.
1: When is this episode going out? Is it the Sunday? This Sunday, okay.
0: yes. Yeah. Oh, wow, it's a Sunday, cool. Yes, <laughs> we ran out episodes already. <laughs> you are our saviour. <laughs> okay, so I think we are at 56 minutes. we are start wrapping up. Let's have one. Do you have any more questions for Moses? Sure. Because I have, a, I have one more.
1: Okay, you go ahead then.
0: Okay, so I know that um, uh, what you just shared earlier in the podcast really resonated with me, which is um, whatever we don't transform, uh, transform, we transmit, Yes. right? So I feel that transformation is a big thing in the work and your calling and your yes. aspiration right right now. And even the company that you have set up, it's called Liminal, mm. right? And it's about transformation as well. Yes. And you, so I feel that um, like myself um, as a life coach, I also find that a lot of my clients, they want to transform their life. They want to transform how they feel. So can you share with us, right, the easiest, most practical way to get started if someone wants to start transforming their life what is the first step they should take
1: good question
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: everything starts in the mind if you don't master your mind you cannot transform period so we keep talking and wrestling about mindfulness meditation and if you're being really focused one thing I challenge you, six months, 10 minutes a day, mindfulness practice, just check it out. Because when you do that, you start to know your mind more. And there's a very beautiful quote by Viktor Frankl, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our freedom. You don't even have to pay Dan or myself a ton of money to get coaching. But if you do, it'll be worth it. (laughs) A shameless plug aside, um, really, it all starts in the mind. So... Train yourself to know your mind. It's helpful to just spend 10 minutes in the day, build a simple mindfulness practice, and in doing so, you will start to unlock a lot of other stuff from that. That would be my recommendation.
0: Oh, thank God. you thank I you. love it I love the stimulus and response thing which yeah. is exactly what I was talking about the matrix thing yes yeah you just elongate this matrix space that mm. you, you have you know I love it thank you so I think, much I think this is my favourite episode uh, <laughs> yeah I mean such a meaty conversation and we didn't even have to do most of the talking I think,
1: yeah Yeah. I, was just I didn't back. speak too
0: much sorry I felt like I was like going off on tangent a little bit
1: no no no, no, no. I mean the whole idea of interviewing you is yeah, to yeah. get you to talk yeah
0: right? you are our star today not us yeah. you know
1: no I'm really happy and yeah. I think this will help a lot of people yes. today a lot of people need this
0: so do you have a question for Moses
1: no I don't have any questions but yeah, I'm just so I just want to say mm. that um, I'm really happy that we got you on this show thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you thank for,
0: you for showing up for us and our listeners and yeah. how can people contact you find out more about what you do see your awesome photos that we have taken <laughs> <Yay>. soon <laughs> soon on your new website yeah tell
2: right. us Right now, the best way is you can just search for Moses Mohan on uh, LinkedIn. That's mm-hmm. the best way to get in touch with me uh, or on Facebook. And in about two weeks, the website and the photos will go live. Mm-hmm. So it's liminal.partners. And just to end, a liminal space is the space between here, where you are, and there, which is where you want to be. And that big blank space is a journey of transformation. So... Whatever that is for you right now, it could be a simple thing, a small thing, a big thing. That's It's not about the destination. We often hear this, but it's about how we cross into that new, new, new future, the emerging future. So that's how you
0: can get in touch.
1: Wow. Thank you, Moses. Thank Ladies
0: and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you, Moses Mohan. <laughs> we love you. you. <laughs> Please continue to keep us posted about your journey and your new, fresh discoveries. We may... Get you to come back again and share sure. more learnings with us, yeah.
1: Thank you, Dan. Thank, thank you. Thank you for inspiring us today. No, Yo, thank
0: you all. Yeah, thank you. It's a See wrap.
1: You. <laughs> See you guys next week. See you Bye. next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
4: 爱的太早 忘了你的丫头, 也没让自己矛造, The
3: Tell me when tell me tamiva tell me that deva, deva. Zamila, Zamila, Zamila,
0: Hey hey Thanks so much for staying All the way till the end We hope you enjoyed This week's episode And if you did It will mean the world to us If you could tell your friends All about our podcast It is our dream To reach 1000 true fans And you can definitely Help us make that a reality We are now streaming On Soundcloud Spotify Stitcher And Castbox also, many of you have been asking about what kinds of services we offer at Lito. At Lito, we provide brand photography for small businesses and creative entrepreneurs. We do portraitures, products, and space photography. We also offer creative consulting and brand strategy for small businesses with a big vision. So, if you have an interesting project that you would like us to take a look, please hit us up at litolabs.com. That is spelled L-I-T-O-L-A-B-S dot com. If you're looking for personal coaching from Dan, that's me, please visit howtofeelbetter.co howtofeelbetter.co We've got a very, very special rate just for you, our podcast listeners, which is at one third of the normal price I usually charge. For those of you who are interested in doing deeper personal work, please hit me up. Okay, dokie, hunky-dory, that's all we have for you this week. Bye-bye and see you next Sunday.